Hey, thanks for checking out the So What Factor. My name's Randy Bennett. I'm a United Methodist pastor, and these sermons answer the question, I hope, so what? So what? Is God real? So what am I supposed to do with my life? So what does the Bible actually say? So in every sermon, it's my hope that you'll figure out what the so what is. But if you don't know, or it wasn't clear, feel free to find me on Facebook at Randy Bennett Jr., and shoot me a message. You can also email me at pastorrandybennett at yahoo.com. Be happy to hear your questions and, and, uh, and connect with you. So thanks for listening. Take care and God bless. Let us pray. Oh, gracious Father, we give thanks for the Son and the power of your Holy Spirit, that breath of heaven, which helps us to understand the written word and apply the love of your word made flesh into our own flesh, that we might be your hands and feet, your words of encouragement, and we might be the body of Christ in our world today as we look for the coming of your son. So we just ask now that that same Holy Spirit, that same holy breath now, now illumine us and guide us. These things I ask and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now, if, if you weren't here last week, and that's, um, <clears throat> that's most of you. Um, <laughs> I had to get in one passive-aggressive comment. Um, you were missed, but we, we, we carried on. If you weren't here last week, we began this first in the series of Advent on the, the carol, Joy to the World. And, and I began that, that sermon with uh, a picture of a treadmill talking about um, how sometimes it's misused. And hopefully it's going to come up there. You... You, if you if you like a lot of people, you might have a treadmill in your home, and you're you're supposed to use that for walking or running or something like that. But how often does it get used to be a hanger or a closet of some sorts? Now, I also asked last week if <clears throat> you would be so kind if somebody had uh, another example of what a uh, use and misuse might be. Would you send me an email or something like that? And so I got an email this week from from Tim and Debbie Bingaman. And so the first picture I want to show you is a garage. Now, what does one typically use a garage for? A car, right? That would be the typical use of a garage. Instead, though, sometimes it gets used like this. Yes, sometimes it becomes a storage barn of some sorts. Um, Unless, of course, you're really, really cool. And if you're really, really cool and uh, you have a little extra money, you might put one of these in your garage. <laughs> which is a great idea, and if you just happen to have a few grand sitting around, you want to, uh, to the, I think the Parsonage garage could use a pool table, so <laughs> talk to me after worship. Uh. Last week, we began Advent, and the season of Advent is often misused by Christians because we think it's the countdown to Christmas. Now, Advent means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Friends, we're not in the first Advent, but the second. See, we're not awaiting the birth of a Messiah. We're awaiting the return of a king. The arrival of a notable person, Jesus, the Son of God, that that already happened. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. 
Isaiah prophesied of what the Messiah's ministry would look like during the first advent. Isaiah said, I, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The ministry of Jesus Christ displayed his righteousness. He healed the sick and the suffering. He shared meals with the people nobody else thought were worthy of sharing a meal with. He went to the outskirts of town and hung out with those people. He overturned tables of hypocrites in the synagogue. And he slayed the wicked of this world with the rod of his mouth, which was his words. And he sent his Holy Spirit to continue that ministry. And Jesus is still slaying the wicked with the rod of his mouth, which is his word and Holy Spirit among us, his breath that is convicting the world of its sin state and offering the only cure for second death, second birth. Christ was born. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ ascended. Christ sent his Holy Spirit. And this is our advent. Christ will come again. We are awaiting Christ's return. And as part of this year, our Advent, we're utilizing the Christmas carol, Joy to the World. Why Joy to the World? Because it's 300 years old, that's why. 300 years old this year. It's the 300th anniversary of Joy to the World. How cool is that? By the way, it's a uniquely American hymn. I mean, borrowed by pieces from Handel, but, but Lowell Mason, the father of American music education, he's the one who put it all together. Last week, I shared with you that joy to the world is not actually a Christmas carol. Sacrilege. How can it not be a Christmas carol? By the way, this began a fight in my house that I believe is going to last all Advent and Christmas. <laughs> but now hear me out. Hear me out. This is why it's, I think it's not a Christmas carol. And you're welcome to disagree with me, just not in this space. Here's why I don't think it's a Christmas carol. There's no Mary, there's no Joseph, there's no manger, there's no donkey, there's no oxen, there's no sheep, there's no shepherds, there's no wise men, there's no star, there's no Bethlehem, and ain't no baby Jesus. Joy to the world ain't no Christmas carol. It's a second coming carol. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. And everything else in the text celebrates what is being accomplished and what will be accomplished at the return of Jesus Christ, the King. Remember that the carol Joy to the World is based on the Psalm, Psalm 98. All of Psalm 98 supports verse 1 of the Psalm, which offers us the application, that, that tangible action we're supposed to take in response to God's Word. Here's the application. Sing to the Lord a new song. For he's done marvelous things. That's your so what factor. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to sing to the Lord a new song. The new song God provides us is that of salvation. Which is constantly growing us to be more and more like Jesus. Always offering us a new song to sing about God's grace in our lives. Last week our focus was on God our Savior. 
The saving work of Jesus Christ offers a room in heaven. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. Offers us a room in heaven for every heart that prepares him room. Which is why we sing, let every heart prepare him room. The knowledge that Jesus has prepared a room for us offers hope for those who know him. But what about those who don't know Jesus? How will people know about Jesus' work of salvation if we who have prepared him room aren't singing our new song of salvation? That's why we're called to sing, to sing a new song. This week, our focus is on God, our King. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with a harp, with a harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Now, before we go any further, I think it's really important, my American brothers and sisters, for us to acknowledge that our understanding of a monarchy, you know, a king, our understanding as Americans of a king is we don't do kings. We hate kings. We start revolutions against them, right? That's why we are American, right? Nod your head. If you ever decide you want a monarchy, you better know. Talk to me, all right? I'll talk to you about that. Yes, we are Americans. We don't do kings and queens. It's in our DNA, isn't it? Really think about that. Because I was thinking about that this week. And I was like, what does it mean to have a king? I don't know. I ain't never going to have one. Not as long as there's breath in me. The exception of Jesus. It's hard to conceptualize as an American Christian a king, let alone a king that we adore. And yet that is exactly who Jesus is. He is a king we adore. The psalm is present future. All the earth should sing praise to God, our King. And one day, one day, everything will. And why should all the earth, and especially we, sing praise to Christ, our King? Y'all, because He's present with us. God is here. He is here, and He is there, and He is everywhere seen and unseen. But the presence of the body of Christ is here, and so we sing. By the way, do you know how frustrating I, it is right now? So that this, apparently this whole series is going to shape up to be about singing. <laughs> and I can't sing a lick right now. Not a lick. How does the psalmist say we should sing? Shout for joy. To the Lord, all the earth burst into jubilant song with music. Talk about an opportunity for normal Randy to be obnoxious. And I can't do it. I can't shout. I can't burst into jubilant song. By the way, that, that phrase shout for joy in, in, in Hebrew is all one word. It means give a great shout. Shout a war cry. A war cry. Y'all know what a war cry is? I do. I'd love to demonstrate it for you right now, but I can't. Stupid voice. Stupid surgeon. <laughs> Lord, I'm just playing now. You know I'm just... Thank you for health care. We appreciate it. Burst into jubilant song means to break out into joy. 
literally to vibrate the voice, to vibrate the voice. If we are called to break out into joy and to vibrate the voice, giving a great shout like a war cry, then why are we so passive in worship? Y'all, worship isn't about us. Worship is not entertainment. We don't come to be entertained. Worship is about the king. And we know who the king is, don't we? Who is the king? Thank you for not saying Elvis. You're right. (laughs) Jesus Christ is the king. We are worshiping in the presence of our king. The second verse of Joy to the World reads, Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let all their songs employ. Now, employ is one of those words all of us know, but I don't think we often stop and think about it, do we? What does employ mean? Well, I asked Google this week, and Google told me, give work to someone and pay them for it. Give work to someone and pay them for it. I think probably most of us have a, a job of some sorts. We, we work for someone and they pay it, pay it for us. What happens if somebody doesn't pay you for it? It's on, right? Yeah. I got to thinking about that word employed, and I thought, you know what? God the Father employed God the Son. He did. He said to Jesus, go and save the world. Go and save the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his Son not into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Listen. God is not just saving and redeeming people through Jesus. He's not just doing that through Jesus. The word world is literally cosmos in the Greek. It means the created order. We might understand that as the whole universe, everything we can see and the things we can't see. Why did the Father employ the Son to save the universe? Because He loves what He created. He loves what He created. Think about all those people that you don't like. He loves them. Think about when you're driving on the road. You run through some Amish person's horse's business. Maybe that doesn't trigger you, but it bothers me. God loves those stupid horses too. God loves what he's created. Now remember, employ means to give someone work and pay them for it, right? But with Jesus, God gave Jesus work and made him pay for it. The father loved the world so much that his son paid the debt for the state of sin, a debt that none of us could pay. The Father employed the one and only person who could do the job. And after Jesus paid it all, then he received his payment. 
he returned to the right hand of the Father, where he reigns forever and ever as King of kings and Lord of lords. Psalm 98 and Joy to the World remind us that Jesus is King, and all our songs should employ. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns, let all their songs employ. See, Jesus has employed us, brothers and sisters. He has employed us. He has saved us by grace through faith. He has sealed us with the breath of his Holy Spirit. And he's called us to go. The work of God's salvation employs us to love as we have been loved. To love as we have been loved. And to sing a new song. To sing a new song that breaks into joy and vibrates the voice. God employs us to sing this song until that day. You know, that day. That day when the trumpet sounds. That day when the trumpet sounds and the king arrives. God has employed us to sing that song until that day. And then all the songs of the cosmos, all the songs of the cosmos will join us in repeating Repeating our sounding joy. God loves us so much. He employs us to go and love others the same. That's his word seriously considered this day for the Church of Christ community. All thanks and praise be to the God who offers us hope and love. Amen.